Today, I'm I'm very honoured. I have to say, I have a CEO with me, uh, which sounds very highfalutin, but really, you are Emma. <laughs> and um, yes, yeah, Emma Perez is with me today. She is the CEO of Kleinwort Hambros here in Gibraltar. And uh, having known Emma uh, for many many years, uh, it's actually really nice. It's probably the, the longest time I've spent with her in the last ten because I have I don't we don't see each other so much, um, but we've we've always been friends, and it's it's really starting this podcast um, Emma was always on my mind as one of the people to to chat to because she is a CEO in a very male dominated world which I think is uh, interesting and I'm quite proud as her friend of where she's got and I want to know how she's got there I want to know the journey and how, how you know being married with two daughters and um, you know it's a big responsibility to have such an, a, a responsible job so this is what we're going to get to, hopefully. I've got lots of questions to ask you. You told me to be kind to you. <laughs> Please. Of course. Uh, I think the questions are quite easy. So let's start. Let's start somewhere. Yeah. You went, you did a degree. I can't remember where you went to study. I what did you do? I didn't actually do a degree. Um, I chose not to go away um, uh, to do, uh, to further my education. But at that time... I'm actually, maybe if I thought about it today, I would have gone to university. But at that time, my parents said, OK, you're not going to go, but you will make sure that you get a professional qualification if you stay in Gibraltar, which is what I went on to do. OK. I mean, and that your dad being a doctor, did your mum also have a career? She was a nurse, which is one of those true romantic <laughs> so the nurse, doctor and doctor the nurse meet fall in oh, love I didn't and get know married she was a nurse yeah, so, so the nurse they were in the same training college wow okay mm. and then your dad obviously was was british but then they came to live in jib were you were born in jib no i came when i was 11 right um, so joined um year 7 um at loreto which is where i met you yeah. first day yes <laughs> first day momentous occasion <laughs> Once met, never forgotten. That's right. Um, yeah, and then the rest is history, really. Yeah. So you you didn't go and study. So you left school. All your a lot of your friends went to study because mm. you were best friends with Kathy, who yeah. we've already spoken to. Kathy went off to do her degree, exactly. and everybody else kind of left at the yeah. same. So what did you do here? What, what, so I I was a bit unsure what to do, and a lot of um a lot of my family members were in accountancy, and I just followed suit, and a, a, a job vacancy came up in. Ernst and Winnie, as it was then, and they've long gone now. Then they changed to Baker Tilly, etc. But I joined as a trainee accountant there. Okay. Um, I think there were about three of us at the, at the time. I'm still in touch with with one of the guys that started with me. Um, um, I had a short spell with them, and then moved to KPMG. Fight yes, as an exactly. accountant. So I did my ATAT, which is like a, a preliminary step to doing the, um, uh, to do my accounting exams, and then I yeah. went on to do the ACCA, and finished with a little gap in between about ninety seven. What I chose to do has led me down the path that I've come to today. So mm. I can't regret that. Absolutely um, not. And and within that time, I moved to Ireland with my husband as well for a short spell. Um, so um, my husband was a lieutenant at the time, and uh, it was just after we got married. And he got a posting to Northern Ireland, to Omar, actually. Um, so we went there. I took a sabbatical, basically, from KPMG. Or, well, I actually resigned. Um, and then spent my time as an officer's wife on the patch <laughs> on the in beach. Northern Ireland. God, what is that like? That was... Mm, quite was daunting. it boring for you? It was time at a very peaceful time in Ireland. So yeah. that was um, a relief. Nice. But John would go away to um, uh, the 
um, other side. They'd move away from where we actually lived to go on patrol. So he'd go away for quite a long time. And um, so I used to get, I had good fun with the with the with the wise because obviously we were all in the same boat. But I got to a point where I was a little, I'm missing Jim mm. quite a bit. Mm. Um, and he always says he remembers one day I was, um, he was flying back in a helicopter from Stratman or somewhere, wherever he'd been on patrol. And he looked down and he could see our garden and our house and he could just see me <laughs> looking, looking up at the helicopter, <laughs> waiting for him to come Aww. home. And he said, at that point, you need to go back to Jim. Yeah. Which is what I did. I left him there for a while and I came back and, and actually got another job at KPMG again. Ah, so they took you back. They took me ah, back. That was lucky. Yeah, Emilio Gomez has very, <clears throat> been a very good mentor as well as Francis Isla. So. And what was it like in those days in Jib working for a, a bank like that? I mean, so, so an accountancy firm. Accountancy firm. Yeah. So it, we were... All trainees in the same boat. My sister actually was at KPMG at the time as well. She she was a few years ahead of me doing accountancy. And we were all a good big team. There was no question of whether I was a, 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 a woman or not. It never, it all, never, you all just got on with yeah, it. Yeah, we all got on with it and we all had fun. Um, we all had our responsibilities. Yes. And what were you, what, did you specialise in anything? or I did auditing. And okay. then I moved in, into the fiduciary services section. But I always felt that I don't didn't, feel that being in the um, the accounting profession was where I wanted to carry on. Okay. Um, whilst lots of people love auditing, I didn't really enjoy it. So auditing was a lot of checking systems and controls, mm. checking figures, whereas the accountancy side is, is a lot more figure-driven, and that's what I enjoyed. Um, so when an opportunity came... I took a position in Credit Suisse. Did, would you say that you were a high achiever already in those days? No. No. I was just, I didn't think because I really didn't excel at auditing. It wasn't my thing. I mm. I was okay. Mm. I passed my exams. But, mm. you know, I don't think I would have got further in that profession. But what I really found is I found a very good mentor at Credit Suisse, my CEO there. Um, and he taught me an awful lot. And he encouraged me and he pushed me. Mm. Um, and we had lots of good discussions about all sorts of things, about philosophy, about everything in life. And he we, he was very supportive of me. And I think that's when I saw that I really enjoyed the banking side, especially in the, the finance department that I was in at that time. And that was in Credit Suisse? That was in Credit Suisse. Do you think that you like that with your staff at, at work now? I would like to hope so. And if they're listening, please say that yeah, I am. Please like that. say that I am. <laughs> yeah, no. And I, mean, I think women in the workplace so bring a very cool. different dynamic to um, to their staff. It's very much about bringing the team together. Um, it's not egocentric. I'm not saying that all men are egocentric. No, don't get me wrong. But but women have a lot more empathy. And, yeah. And it's all about us, not about me. Um, and that's yeah. what I try to encourage and, and try and encourage our staff and empower them to be the best that they can be and be the best individuals that they can be at work as well. well that's probably the right the right thing to do. Emma, um, very proudly, you won top 200 uh, City Wealth IFC Power Women of the Year. Dun, 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 you really got a badge and everything. Yeah. I mean, wow. That, what was that all about? Um, what yeah. did you have to do? I'm not quite sure. <laughs>
So there's been a couple of things. I think that one might have been 2016. Oh, maybe. And then in 2006 or 8, I was top 30 under 30 or something. Or 40 under 40 or something. How like does that. that make you feel? I mean, that, that other, not just little Jib, but that further away from yeah. Jib, yeah. um, companies yeah. are recognizing your work and your worth. Yeah, I, I, it's really very proud. Yeah. to be honest and it really makes you feel that you are doing something right because I have to admit I took over my role so I became a director in 2002 of Hambro's when I moved there so I moved over Franco Cassar employed me at that time um, and then I became his deputy shortly after that and then I took it once he left I was given the opportunity to take over the MD role as it was the managing director role and for a few years after that even then, I thought, why am I here? What am I doing? Should really? I be here? And it's really? like com the imposter syndrome just mm. was there for a long, long time. And then once you start getting recognised yes. in these roles, you feel it's worth it. You, you feel that actually you must what? be doing something right. So. All these years that you've been CEO, so <clears throat> what's been the most important thing for you in your, within the business? To make sure that... Um, one that the prof that, that the company's making money and yes. um, so so what what is your, another question what is your what is your job what do you actually do <laughs> um, so we have I've got forty employees currently I the bank has got forty employees um, and there we are uh, a private bank so we uh, provide uh, wealth management services for um, high net worth individuals um, mostly living in Gibraltar. Mm. And um, so my role is to make sure that, uh, one, we're profitable, yeah. two, that all our risks are managed, and three, I have um, motivated and engaged staff, I think. Not said lightly. <laughs> it's a challenge. Yeah. It's a challenge because you always... Different things can impact different people in different ways, you know. what One thing might find enjoyable, another one per person won't. Uncertainty in the marketplace can always yeah. make people a little bit unsure of, of where they're going in their careers. So it's it's a constant battle to keep the staff And a balance, not a balance, balancing yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. And acknowledging that people, which, is, which we've seen through the pandemic as well, that people have lives as well. Yeah, I was, that was going to be another question. What, how has the pandemic affected um, business in Jib and with you? Has it? Have you noticed any differences? No, I, I have to say that as a business, we were very quick to come to the table ensuring our staff could work from home. So even before we went into lockdown, I think I announced one day, I, especially to the Spanish-based staff, I said, you're mm. not coming back. You will go home, work from home, take your laptops, and you can log on from home, which we managed to do within, I think, something miraculous, like three days, the whole of the bank, both here, the UK and the Channel Islands. We we're all working from home very, very quickly. Um, and then the first lockdown, I think people found easy. Yes, because it was a new thing. Yeah, yeah. So it was quite fun to work exactly. from home. Exactly. second one was very <gasps> Yes, very different. different. I found that really yeah. hard. And, and I'm being very generic here, but the women, the woman in the home tends to run the household still and have her job. And then when it was working from home, it was also making sure the kids were logged on for school. Um, and then they would want lunch. And I think, lunch? I never do that at work normally. So of they course. would all be waiting for me to cook something and then go back to a call. And then, yeah, and yeah. you'd end up working longer hours as well because you're just there. 
and just yeah. carry on working. So it was a challenge. I think what so, it's led on people to realise now is that uh, women who work um, need that flexibility at work. They need to have that ability to be able to say, look, I need to work from home today. I've got to deal with my kids. Maybe mm. certain points of the day are not good for me because I need to deal with other things within my household, but I will mm. log on later. Yeah. And it's getting that sort of flexibility, which is really important for women, because I think that's what, to a certain extent, a lot of women may think, well, I can't cope with this job because I'm going to have to dedicate this much time. I have children. Do I have children? Don't I have children? If I have children, can I cope with this? Yeah. And I think employers have this obligation now to make sure that the workplace is fit for women and People, mothers. Yeah, absolutely. How did you cope with your children when you were, you know, getting to this point and going through your career and you had two little daughters, mm -hmm. what is it, well, four years? Five, five, five years, years yeah. between them. So. so I think, well, I didn't have my mother or my mother-in-law at that point. My mother-in-law <clears> passed away. My mother was living in England. Um, although I had my father-in-law, obviously, and he helped as he could, but I had an excellent nanny and she just took over from me. She became the pseudo mum to my kids, I suppose. Mm. Um, I did wait quite a while. So I was already well into my career before I had my children. Right. Um, so I was 35 with Ellie, just short, 10 days short of my 40th with Talia. Okay. Which she doesn't let me forget. <laughs> she says, I'm an old mum. But I think I keep telling her, well, if I didn't wait that long, you wouldn't be here, would you? Exactly. Uh, she should be grateful. <laughs> yeah. So it, having a good support network out there is really very, important. very important. Um, And, and at that time, my husband, also John, was CEO of the regiment, a CEO, CEO of the regiment. Um, so we had a lot of commitments through that as well. Um, so it was a busy time. A very busy time. And how have your girls turned out? I was just asking you when you arrived, because I, I don't know what stage they're at now in life, but um, you, you're telling me they seem to be doing really well. They're very independent girls. I'm very proud of them. That's a good, that's really, I mean, what, you know, you want that for your kids, yeah, really. exactly. I mean, they've had to cope. They've yeah. had to just get on with it, basically. Um, I've had times when I've had to go to England for a few um, days, maybe once a month and John um, has to cope and, and take them and, mm. and they survive. They of survive. course. Everyone can survive. Do they do they realise how, how well you've done and are they proud of your achievements? I think they're beginning to realise now. Um, I don't think they realised, I think it was Tally a couple of years, she said, Mum, but she would come to the office, Mum, but you're the boss here. I said, <laughs> Oh my gosh, mum. Like yeah, uh, so a staff of 40 people is quite quite a lot. Yeah. And they they are proud of me, I think. I'm sure they are. Um, of course they are. And how do you rule? How do you rule work and how do you rule home? I mean, do you use the same the same sort of methods? I don't know. I think my no. kids think I'm a pushover to be honest. <laughs> Anything for an easy life. Mm. Um, but I trust them and I respect mm. them. Um and you know, I I always say, please don't let me down. And I think that they take that on board and they're conscious of that. Um, That's good. And then uh, at work, yeah. yeah, I'm not authoritarian. I think it's really important, actually, when you have a job that you don't have to change who you are. Um, because, you, you know, in the old days, in the 80s, you would hear women taking on board position and they become almost a pseudo male and be, you know. I'm You've not, never done that. No, I, true to my word, I'm an empathy, empath, yeah. very empathetic. Um, and I'm known for that in our executive committee uh, group level as well. Emma's the person, if you need um, um, to, to get a feel yeah. for the room or talk to, that, that's me.
in your environment, you you are you surrounded by many women or many men? Is the is the accountancy world here in Jib male dominated or female dominated? Um, and do you notice hmm. that is what kind of yeah. what kind of um, attitudes do you come up against? I think was it sixteen years ago? Very different environment really? to what it is today. I still okay. think we've got a way to go, but I think, yeah, trying to get through that, it's not a glass ceiling, it's almost like the the male-dominated environment was, was challenging mm. to be respected. And I always felt that um, a man at that time, and even now, a man walks into a room, he feels a presence, he has immediate trust of his people. A woman has to gain that trust. Doesn't you still think that happens now? I still now. think that now. But, you know, it's moved a long, long way. And we've got so many brilliant women in the jurisdiction. I was going to say, are you are seeing more amazing. women now in your jurisdiction? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were just a handful when I took over. Now there's, it's amazing to see the partners in law firms, in accountancy firms, um, entrepreneurs. It, it's a, a vibrant place for, for women. I do still think we're slightly behind other jurisdictions, but we are doing a lot better. And I wanted to know something. Um, how do you how do you empower your female staff, and how do you empower your daughters? So empowering uh, female staff, I think it's really important with women that you stand by them, and encourage them to achieve. And in fact, within the bank, we have a um, well, two things I want to talk about. One, we've got a, a gender equality forum, which I, I am involved with with another uh, uh, of other people at group level, and that is about empowering women and ensuring that we can get the best out of them, to push them to to further their careers in our mm. organisation, and give them the tools that they need to do that. Um, women tend to think a lot about whether they can do a role or not, so they would maybe be more reticent about going for a role whereas mm. a man will just, will just go say for it and say it. yeah and wing it you know and they will do it yeah men are also more open to asking for a pay rise for example women are more that, or less reticent i was going to ask you about that and i've read recently that that women's self-esteem is three times lower than a man's really? so it's about bringing out the best of these individuals and um you know letting them shine um, and let them be themselves at work and know that they're going to be listened to and respected and, and trusted. It's giving um, women the confidence to know that you can do that, you can achieve it. It's not without its hard work or pushing yourself outside your comfort zone mm. because I always say that is what is going to make you grow. Our vision is to be a leading responsible bank. What does it mean to be a responsible bank? Working together for our clients, colleagues, communities, and the climate. For our clients, building sustainable legacies. For our colleagues, promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion. For our communities, making a societal impact. For the climate, reducing our carbon footprint. We strive to make a positive impact in all that we do. Climate Hambros, a responsible bank. 
Tell me about your team at work, Emma, at Hambro's. Uh, what are they like to work with? Have you got a good team um, at executive level with yeah. you? Yeah, I think we do. We've got a pretty young team um, at the executive level. My my, Our group CEO has been with um, in the current role for about two years. He started in the midst of the pandemic. Um, and I'd like to say we've got a quite diverse team as well, actually. And well, I'm feeling that now. Um, there's a, a number of women, um, but also different backgrounds, different um, race, mm. uh, different, uh, you know, it's all very inclusive. And we are really pushing that as an executive committee to make sure that we can really um, cascade that message down into the organisation of how important diversity is, but also that inclusion that everyone feels a sense of belonging at Hambrose and also um, that everyone has a chance to really be their authentic selves and be able to treat it to be treated as they should be in any role and be able to achieve any role that they so wish and do you do you do lots of fun things with your staff because I know a lot of company my husband's company does they take them here and there and they have nice parties do you do all that we do that do you yeah, locally so you've we're got pretty a good, good like, at that yeah. with your, we do, with your... I like to say that we're a family I always mm. say that you're the ham- in the Hambrose family when when you um, start to start. We actually had a new team that started with us in January, and they said, "My God, you're always eating and drinking." And it is. We always are. We always are. Um, wherever we're doing, if we're doing a sports and social event, it may be a bit of sport beforehand, but obviously it has to finish with the food and drink at the end of it. Why not? But we all get on Why so not? well. We live in the Mediterranean. Yeah, exactly. May as well enjoy the culture a little bit. Yeah. And you've got a podcast yourselves, which you were telling me about before. Yeah, yeah, the Wealth Tell Chat. Tell me about the Wealth Chat. The Wealth Chat. Wealth oh, chat. that's that, right, the Wealth Chat. So that is run by our, our chief investment officer in the UK called uh, Fahad Kamal. And he'll get different um, people coming to chat to him about various different things it could be charitable it could be women it could be um uh, entrepreneurs um so he'll speak to different people um and and invite different people either from the bank or externally to chat to him and they're interesting yeah yeah quite popular great so uh where is life taking you (laughs) i mean you've got to the top Mm. what what you're going to stay there for a little while longer Mm -hmm. Well, you're still young, relatively really? young. Well, you're younger than I am. Not much. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you, do you want to carry on doing I, what you're doing? I'm really enjoying work at the moment. Um, so in the last couple of years, I've taken on different responsibilities. So whilst I'm the CEO locally, at group level, I'm um, responsible for culture and conduct. Um, I'm also involved in the diversity, um, DEI, so diversity, equity, inclusion element as well, which has given me a real good um, boost. I've been on one panel in the UK and I'm actually going over um, in... At the beginning of June, to sit on another panel and discuss diversity and inclusion for a client event. Um, oh, it's a really I'm good really story to that side of things. Um, Do you take Gibraltar with you everywhere you go? Well, I mentioned them, yeah. You and do mention how important it is that Jib is here, but also the Gibraltar office that we have is such an example to um, to how diversity and inclusion for women can be. Because I'm the CEO, my deputy director is a, a woman as well. We have another woman I director, and only two men. So the men are at the minority. Uh, we're a good example, I think. You really are. So you're going to keep going. Yeah. And um, yeah. That's what's well, we're moving. We've, we're, we're moving offices soon, which um, 
which should be happening in the summer some point, and that is quite a big move for us because we've been in our existing building since they came to Gibraltar mm. 40 years ago, so we're celebrating our 40th anniversary wow. this year. So lots of big milestones. Um, and I, th- I I really like to see that through. And also the business is doing really well, very mm. positive um, reviews coming through and... and the staff are engaged, got a really good team. So it's a it's in a good place right really now. It's really in a good place. Yeah. That's great. Emma, one last question. Who who do you admire? Is there anybody that you admire um, or look up to? So there's been a few people that inspire me. Um one I mentioned my t- the the um CEO Peter Schuster of Credit Suisse, who really encouraged to push myself. Um my mother in law. She was just she pushed women in Gibraltar to know it. She started little thing well it wasn't a little thing actually I remember when she um, she was always doing different she was always a working mum so she brought up her two sons um, what was her job she worked for the MOD so she worked initially at the naval hospital um, within the administration and then she worked at Bleak House so for the forces education system and sort Mm. of run that she was like the the matriarch there um and no one could do anything without Gladys knowing about it. And then, after she retired, she set up the um, rehabilitation centre, um, Bruce's farm, um, and that was wow. her baby until she died. Yeah, she was one of the founder yes, members there. Yes, I remember Louis Brisson, with Louis Brisson and Robert of course, um, Roger Stella, of course. And, and that, um, that's done so much good for so many people. And it really, you know, she. She was always there for people. You would go to her house at any time of day and there would be someone just needing her help. And she would have, her door was always open. And, you know, you knew when you couldn't go into the kitchen because she'd just sort of look at you and you'd just have to go somewhere else at the <laughs> time so that they could have their space. And she was a counsellor, fully um, qualified counsellor as well. So always busy in life, but always, and also uh, such a, she had such faith. Um, which yeah. Which I mentioned, the or she, um, she was a very um, active member in the Cursillo. Um And then she wanted to do other things. So she set up this thing called Clever Girls. And it was uh, a night of women showing their hobbies and their... Um, talents. Talents, yes, exactly. And what did that involve? So they, would, they used to have the central hall and people would go either... They would do uh, people dressmaking... Um, painting, nails, um, and really showcasing women in Gibraltar at at a time when people, not that that women weren't respected in that, but maybe, you know, showing them in different light, showing them as to what they were doing and, and what they their efforts they were making and, and what achievements they had. So it was really good. And then there was my father. Yeah. I remember him. He also died a couple of years ago now. Um, and he never, ever um, differentiated between my brother um, and my sister and myself. So you had a good example. Yeah, we did. Um, and he never said we couldn't do anything. He always pushed me and he always said, don't worry about failing. Failure is feedback. You know, you learn from it. Don't yeah. worry about it. Don't be scared of it. Um, so Probably helped you along the way. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. And um, it's been really nice to catch up. I've got to say that the noise in the background is because we're in my house and I'm on Main Street, and it's there's an accordion music. <laughs> it's authentic. It just adds to the authenticity of, of it all. Quite like the song too. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for Thank being you. here, for sharing your story with us. And um, yeah, all the best. Thank you so we'll have much, to keep, Michelle. We'll have, lovely. Yeah, we'll have to keep catching up. You've been listening to Women Rising, a series of talks where I've chatted to fabulous and inspirational women exclusively about their lives and their losses, their struggles and their successes, and their contribution to this world where they are empowering others and making a huge difference in our community. Thanks must go to my producer, Charlie Hurst, for putting this podcast together. Catch him at soundunit.co.uk. And a huge thank you also to Beatrice Garcia, who has designed and painted the podcast icon. She's at BeatriceGarcia.com. Should you like to advertise your business on my podcast, please get in touch. And please like and rate the show on your favorite listening platform. And comment also if you can. And should you want to get in touch with me, my email is rougejib at gmail.com.